Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. What's up? What's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. This is a fun one. That's why I sound so crazy hyper. Um, I'm actually standing up with my new desk. I raised the desk. So the energy should be interesting. (laughs) Today's episode is actually episode 51. You know, I was thinking about this. I need to do a quick uh, math um, problem. Problem? Um, To look back on how many episodes I had of the WordPress chick plus Kim Doyle, because I'm pretty sure it's close to 300 now. I'd have to, I just, well, maybe I'm overshooting that too, but it's definitely over 200. So anyways, I'm going to try to keep this intro short because this is going to be a doozy. This is 50 lessons in 50 years, a birthday reflection. So I turned 50 on July 6th. I'm proud of it. Like it trips me out, but um, it's not one of those like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm 50. You know, definitely getting a taste of aging, (laughs) but none of us escape that, right? So that is all fine and well. Um, And I have to admit, you know, I thought this was going to be easier to do than it was. I don't know if that's a, you know, um, testament to my ego or not. But, you know, coming up with 50 lessons did not seem that daunting to me. I totally thought I'd rattle them off in one sitting and get to writing. But this is definitely one of those times where the process in and of itself was a gift. Um, And so, yeah, we're going to jump right into this. And what I'm going to do, and uh, guys, everything is in the show notes. They're all numbered. It's pretty easy to to follow this. If you want to come back and look at the notes, please feel free. Leave a comment, share all the good things. But... um, This is sort of a combo too, and I will tell you, which this is a little bit of the direction, so much for jumping in, uh, this is a little bit of the direction that the podcast is going to be going into. I think I'm going to stick with real definitive tactics and strategies on the Content Creators Planner brand website, Uh, and this is going to be a little bit more of the intangible behind the scenes mindset and real case studies of what I'm doing in my business. So. This list, though, of 50 lessons is is definitely a combo of personal and business. And I don't know about you guys, but for all the entrepreneurs listening, which my guess is a lot of you are, um, there's not a big separation, right, between who you are in business and who you are in life. Um, I don't want to say my business is my life, but it is a big part of it. I'm always thinking about it. Um, All right, so let's jump in. Again, 50 lessons in 50 years. A birthday reflection brought to you by, I'm just kidding. All right, let's go. So, all right, number one, life is supposed to be fun. Now more than ever, you guys, I think most people are getting this. You know, I'm writing this, um, depending on when you're listening to it. I wrote this in July of 2020. And we are in the middle of the COVID pandemic, as well as racial and political turmoil in this country much of which has to change and is changing. So that's 
I think there's going to be a lot of good coming out of this, but holy moly, 2020, what a shit show. <laughs> so, you know, I, I can't imagine if I had spent the last 12 years working a job to pay bills as opposed to pursuing what I'm doing. And you know, you guys know me, I'm going to do a lot of off scripts here. Not a judgment if you still have a job or want to just keep a job, right? But for myself, I kind of live by this mantra of if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. And even with all the ups and downs in my business, it's been fun and I would not trade it for anything. Life is not supposed to be, you know, only about the highlight reels. So the ups and downs are part of it, right? But enjoy it all guys. Like, I don't know, life is supposed to be fun. Number two, we're all doing the best we can. And I I got this directly from Brene Brown. And I believe it was in her book, Daring Greatly. I've read all her books. I don't remember specifically which one. I think it was Daring Greatly though. And she was asked, I think she was asked by her therapist, well, do you think they're doing the best they can or something to that effect? And at first it was like, no. And then you really think about it. And it's like, you know what? (laughs) She kind of reflected on it. And that's how I feel too. I really think that, you know, we are all doing the best we can. We make decisions at the time with the information we have. And the truth is none of us have all the answers, right? And we never know what someone else is going through. I have made plenty of mistakes and decisions that when I look back on, I wish I'd handled that situation differently. But that's how we learn, right? This is something my therapist has drilled into my head. Um, because clearly I'm not learning. I'm just kidding. All right. I'm punchy today. This is going to be interesting. (laughs) Number three, uh, your dreams are worth pursuing. I don't know what it is, guys, but as kids, our dreams are limitless, right? Like I remember a friend and I, this was fourth grade. We wanted to be rock stars. Yep. Rock stars. You guys, I sang in choirs and stuff growing up and have done my fair share of performing, but (laughs) hell no to that. But I remember us sitting there and we were like, you know, you're planning out your band name and we were drawing what our outfits were going to look like and all that stuff. And at nine years old, you do not think it won't happen. You have these dreams and they're limitless. We didn't question or judge what we wanted. We literally would just make plans as if those dreams were going to come true. So why is it that we grow up? It's like, I don't think we stopped dreaming. I think we stopped sharing our dreams, sort of. Um, It's bizarre though, right? That we can work hard in school and for someone else, someone else's company. But when it comes to the risk and hard work for ourselves, we talk ourselves out of it. You guys, just my recommendation, my request, my (laughs) um, statement to you is to pursue your dreams, whether it takes two years or 10. Number four, we all mess up. (laughs) You guys, I am so over holding myself hostage for mistakes I've made. So recently I had a call with my therapist. Um, and there was some personal stuff going on in my life. And she reminded me, Kim, you get to mess up, you get to make mistakes, you get to disappoint people. You know, it's never my intention to disappoint people. I don't know anyone who intends that right, or to hurt someone or let them down. But I'm human. I take responsibility, I apologize when necessary. And then I do whatever I can to let it go. How someone else handles that is completely up to them. The same is true of things I've done that I have felt ashamed of. And trust me, there's plenty, but I'm done with that. The kinder I am to myself, the sooner the healing occurs. Number five, not everyone is worth it. (laughs) 
this is something that's taken me a while to grasp. And, you know, there's, there's a, there's a fine line here between that. Um, how do I want to say this? There's a fine line between you're not worth it. And I'm going to lovingly let you go and it's not worth it. Right. So it is so much easier when we do it that way. We, it doesn't have to be dramatic. It doesn't have to be mean, but you know, when we let go of people and relationships that no longer serve us, we're, we're able to move forward and bring in those people into our life that will serve us. Right. And the truth is usually when it doesn't serve you, it doesn't serve the other person either. So again, lovingly let them go and wish them well. Number six, you're not what you do. Oh boy. (laughs) Right. Too often we define ourselves by our accomplishments. I know I did. And I still do at times, right? We're all a work in progress. As important as it is to do work that you enjoy, you cannot let it define who you are. I remember listening to Dr. Wayne Dyer, one of my um, favorite people. And he pointed out that you, what he said was, if you are what you do, who are you when you stop doing that, right? We define ourselves by our careers. um, And it, I don't know, you know, I think back to, think back. I think of people that have had that taken away from them, right? Through tragedy or trauma or no circumstance of their own. And I don't know, it could be debilitating. So just remember that you are not what you do. To piggyback back on that, number seven, you are not what you have. <laughs> the older I get, the less stuff I want, you guys. I have done my fair share of accumulating things that I thought would give me status and validation, truly. Um, and and trust me, I still like nice things as much as the next person, but I get way more excited about experiences, right? I don't have any regrets about the things I purchased or bought. <laughs> Same thing. Why was that an or? I don't know. But, you know, like as an example, I remember my husband was kind of like a boys and their toys, right? Have you never heard that saying? Sorry, guys, but the only difference between men and boys is the price of their toys. <laughs> um but we had a ski boat and I loved it. And, you know, his life was cut short. I have no regrets that we did it. We had so much fun on it. And then when it was too much work to maintain, I sold it. So, and I could tell you, I would not be opposed to having another boat, but it's also going to be docked somewhere that I can pick up the phone and say, drop the boat in the water. (laughs) Um, All right. Number eight, what you think of me is none of my business. This is another Wayne Dyer quote, at least for me it was, right? It was the first time I came across it. Um, Letting go of other people's opinions, whether they're good or bad, is complete freedom. I have a handful of people that I still love hearing praise from, you guys. And don't get me wrong. I still love praise. I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you that I was as indifferent about the... Actually, I don't even know. Like Gary Vee always says that. Like He doesn't... You know, I don't give a shit. If you tell me you love me, if you're telling me you hate me, well, I'm, I'm not there. <laughs> um, but I do have a handful of people that I still love hearing praise from, but I'm really learning to appreciate it in that moment for what it is and really try not to let it define me. Number nine, we rarely know what's going on with other people. Wow, this one's a big one, right? More often than not, when people react in a way that we don't like or, excuse me, doesn't feel good, it is rarely about us. We all have our own stories and experiences that we carry with us. 
all of this shapes who we are and how we experience the world. And the crazy thing is <laughs> something, you know, going through with family, you can have two people at the same thing and have completely separate experiences, you know? So we bring all of that with us to every situation in our lives. Right. You know, and the other thing is, you know, we don't know what someone may currently be going through, whether it's family issues, sickness, money, stress, relationship challenges, loss, you know, you name it. You guys, life is hard. Be kind. And, you know, I think about that a lot with um, what's going on with COVID as an example, right? And <clears throat> there's a lot of tension in the United States. COVID is worldwide. And I think there are a lot of people that are just simply scared. And so, you know, you see this, I've done plenty of muting and unfollowing and snoozing people on Facebook. Um, and it's not because their opinion is different than mine. And I'll get into this a little bit further down. I just want to feel good, you guys. And if something triggers, if something triggers me, I'm going to tune it out. And not because change doesn't need to happen. I'm not going to go sideways with this. But really, I just am trying to have empathy for the planet. <laughs> Truly, like, this is a tough time, guys. Number 10, we always have a choice. Man, this is not an easy one to swallow. It is a lot easier to blame someone else than take responsibility for the conditions of our life. Of course, things happen in our lives that are beyond our control, but we always have a choice in how we respond. This is another one that has, man, my therapist, I remember at one point I, I drew this out or I printed it or something and I taped it to the bottom of my monitor and it said, you get to choose. And it was just a reminder to myself that I get to choose how I respond, right? We get to choose whether we want to heal or stay hurt. Once your ego gets over the initial bruising that self-responsibility <laughs> can bring, um, you truly start to feel free. I just remind myself in this moment, I can choose this or I can choose joy or I can go take a nap, <laughs> right? I, that's a good go-to when my brain does not want to shut off. Number 11, vulnerability with the right people is life-changing. There was a time in my life when I took a lot of pride in, in not asking for help. I was determined to do everything on my own. You guys, like, I remember this. I don't know why this incident stands out. When I was pregnant with my daughter, my first child, and like, like pregnant, like seven, eight months, right? And I forget what we were doing. I was carrying chairs in somewhere, and my husband's like, well, let me get that. I'm like, I can do it. I'm pregnant. I'm not an invalid, you know? And it was like, Kim, are you, what? <laughs> like, if somebody wants to help lighten my load today, have at it. Um, but gosh, I was stubborn, you know, and it was when I lost my husband that I had to ask for help. And it was painful, you guys, it was not easy. But I, I had to ask for help with childcare when I was working full time outside of the house. Um, but it wasn't until years later when I made a conscious decision to move through my life differently. When I started opening up to vulnerability, truly, I want to say this was 2011. It was primarily with my therapist. But the more I learned to trust myself, the more I learned to trust other people, right? And then, of course, it's finding who can hold that vulnerable side of your heart. You know, you realize it is such a gift and it's changed my life. Number 12, 
is to recognize and enjoy the process. I think a lot of these things, and I didn't realize it as I'm going through this, so hi, off script, um, but are stating, as I've gotten older, welcome to 50 years, um, as I've gotten older, I've really started looking at and understanding my processes. And I don't know why that was so squeaky. Uh, my therapist taught me this too, and that's going to be a running theme. This should be an ode to her. Um, but uh, looking at stuff as a process, it's how I get from point A to B, right? So instead of judging my behavior or overreacting because of how I've handled something, which is a skill I mastered, <laughs> you know, I really do realize, oh, okay, this is how I get from point A to point B. And then I move through it more quickly, right? So instead of spinning out about something for three or four days, it's like, okay, you're reacting, you're pissed or you're upset. You know, you know, what's going to come next, maybe a sadness, maybe then we take a nap, and then we wake up and it's a new, it's a new dawn, right? The other piece of this is learning to enjoy the process. And this is something I would say, like 2016, I made another conscious decision in my business that I was going to focus on mastering the fundamentals, right? Like writing, um, direct response marketing strategies, that type of stuff. Um, But as entrepreneurs, we're often so focused on the end result that we forget to enjoy the journey. I'm pretty sure I've said this before, but I've really fallen in love with the mastery of the craft and getting better at what I do. Like I really take, what's if I take pride or it fills me with pride when I take the time to write something and I edit it and I tweak it and I, and I go back through it with fresh eyes and I give myself that space. Um, I don't know, in a way it's allowed me to do less, but produce a higher quality, you know, and circling back to number one on this list is that I'm having more fun. Number 13, grief won't kill you, even though it feels unbearable. Um, as the year anniversary of my mom's passing near, so it's actually tomorrow. Um, you guys, I'm floored at where I am today. And let's see if we, I don't think I'm going to get through this without tears. <laughs> so, oh, you guys, in no way was I prepared to say goodbye to her. She was my rock and my anchor all of my life. But you guys, I am truly grateful to be on the other side of like the intense grief. Obviously, <laughs> every now and then it hits me that she's gone and I haven't spoken to her. Well, I speak to her all the time, but I haven't heard her voice in over a year. And those, there's those times where it's like, I cannot catch my breath. And it's hard to swallow even, you know, but it's like, I go back to my spiritual beliefs and I trust in knowing that she's still with me. And I feel as close to her as ever. Whew. I promise that's the only one, it's the only lesson that's going to do this to me. Um, but the grief of losing my mom and the grief of losing my husband were super different experiences. And not just because of my relationships with them, but because of who I am, who I was when I lost him and who I was when I lost my mom. And, you know, I think I just gave myself complete permission with my mom um, to feel the sadness and heartache. Like I really, I checked out quite a bit. Um, initially, right afterwards, I don't know, a month or two, a few months. And I just, I eased back into my life. And um, with my husband, I was only 32 and anger got me through the first few years of losing him. And in many ways it was a godsend because I don't know about you, but anger is a lot easier of an emotion 
to feel. And it supported me, you know, getting up and moving forward. I had two little kids. So, you know, I think we all want to feel like, yeah, but I was, you know, this relationship or, you know, you lost your mom, but I was closer to my mom, that type of thing. And that's, I don't mean that from a comparison, but the truth is loss is simply a part of life, right? And again, and it's how we choose to move through that, that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, number 14, and maybe this should have been number one, but um, therapy is one of the best investments I have ever made in myself. If you had told me 20 years ago, that I would have found a therapist I love so much, and that I would share the things that I've shared, I would have thought you were delusional. I went to therapy after losing my husband because I was determined to process my grief like a to-do list. And I really thought it was something that I was supposed to do, right? Like, okay, you are a young widow, you have kids at home, you're going to find a group, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to read the books, you're going to do all the things, right? (laughs) Doesn't work that way. Um, And also, grief was an acceptable reason to go to therapy. Like I never, you guys, I would have been like, I don't need therapy. Truly, like... (laughs) I had this great childhood and my family loves me and blah, blah, blah. So it took me, I would say a good six or seven years to really start digging in and doing therapy. And as opposed to like grief counseling. And this was after she had retired and moved out of the Bay area. Um, I am. Yes. What about Bob? And uh, (laughs) I'm beyond grateful that she's continued to work with me. Um, But in many ways, I believe the work that I've done with her in the last 10 years is kind of the greater purpose of our working together. Um, I think, you know, the grief and the loss that I went through um, opened that door. And it's, it's just been amazing. I often say she's been more like a life mentor. Like I get therapy, spiritual mentoring, life mentoring. Um, I got to get it all from one person. And she's taught me so much more than I can share in this snippet but learning to be kind to myself and to trust myself and and then to really truly believe in myself are just gifts she's given me um i mean i've done the work but it's it's really changed my life and there's probably a lot of things in this post that i'm going to say have changed my life but i guess that's kind of the point right <laughs> so number 15 we can learn anything we want to learn because i was not a technical person when i started my business in 2008 yet within a year i decided that I was the WordPress chick and I was building websites. Like what the actual bucket, you guys, the first time I installed WordPress, which is, you know, you can do it in like five minutes now on all these managed WordPress hosting companies. Um, I had WordPress for dummies, 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 <laughs> making up words now. And we're only at 15. <sighs> WordPress for dummies took me four hours. You guys, it was, but I was just freaking determined, right? I knew I was hundred percent committed to creating an online business, even though I could barely attach something to an email because I was not technical, but it just goes to show you that when your why is big enough, you will find a way to make it happen. You know, ignorance, tenacity, and a love of learning can go a long way. You guys, I was so enthralled by internet marketing that I just, I knew I could find a way to make it work. Like it was to me, the answer to what I had been searching for. I had tried a retail store and some, you know, uh, contract recruiting. Like I'd tried things and this was just like, oh, like I knew this was going to be the answer. Um, and I knew I'd make it work one way or the other. So here I'm 12 years later and I am still just as in love with what I do as I was then. 
even more so, to be honest with you, because I really get how the pieces all fit together. Number 16. Oops, I scrolled too high. Okay. Guys, everyone has doubts. Trust me on this one. You are not a special snowflake who is the only one who questions your abilities or sanity for that matter. It might sound a little harsh. I don't usually use the term special snowflake, but I felt like it was, it was relevant here. Um, but it is also super freeing. Realizing that we all have doubts and we question whether or not something is going to work. You guys, I've been going through this with the pricing of a course that I'm about to release, and it's not even that pricey. I know the value is there, but it took having a conversation with my therapist and a commitment to her to raise the price. So fortunately, I really don't care what it takes to get me there in terms of, you know, making a commitment to someone else. That's fine. And there was a time when I judged that where it was like, this is stupid. Why do I need to be held accountable? Not from someone else's perspective, but I judged myself. It's like, who cares? It's going to get you where you want to go. Do it. So really, I don't care what it takes to play a bigger game. Um, I will take the nervous pit in my stomach and hashtag just show up, right? Number 18, when in doubt, take a break. Or in my case, a nap or a bath. (laughs) There is a difference between holding yourself accountable and pushing yourself, right? The more I try to force something, the harder it is and the crappier the quality, right? You totally, I don't know about you, I'm thinking universal you, but myself, I go into massive resistance when I feel like I have to do something. Um, But when I take care of myself and I allow a more natural process to unfold, it really feels effortless, right? However, that does not mean that I give myself the out of quote unquote, not feeling like doing it right as, as a way to not get the work done. Cause the truth is you're not always going to feel like it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to try not to say the truth is let's just assume. I think all of this is the truth. Okay. <laughs> but you're not always going to feel like it, but you need to show up and do the work. Anyway, If you haven't read Stephen Pressfield's the war of art, do it. He is a writer. And you know, when you hear somebody say, I sit down and I write from nine to three period every day I show up, right. Find that thing and don't let yourself off the hook. Um, you know, this is the ultimate in self-responsibility. Learning the difference between these can be life-changing. Um, I don't know about you, but I tend to get things done so much faster when I've taken care of myself. Like I said, you guys, I love an afternoon nap. There's something about that that feels like this delicious gift I've given myself or to go take a bath in the middle of the day. And it's like, cause I can, and I want to, right? It just, I don't know. That's why I do what I do. One of the reasons, uh, number 19, crowdsourcing opinions shouldn't be your default. I'm talking specifically about running your business here, but we do this in our personal lives as well. We'll have an idea or something we need to make a decision on and we post it for quote unquote feedback. You guys doing this occasionally is fine, but when it comes to, I don't know when it, when it becomes your default, in a way, you're betraying yourself. Stop asking everyone what you should do. Stop asking for feedback or opinions all the time. You've worked hard to get where you are. Own it. You know, and the same is true in your personal life. I make a conscious effort to stop repeating and telling the story of a situation to anyone who will listen. Um, and I'm not saying that this works all the time, but, you know, I have a few people who are my go-tos. Yes, my therapist is one of them. I want to get it out of my body. I want to discuss it. And then I want to move on. And this is so not how I used to do things. Like it was like, oh, I would call everybody. You know, I'd call (laughs) 
my parents, my friends, my th- like who, who hadn't I gotten an opinion on, on this situation? And I don't know. I think part of this is um, part of the beauty of getting older. Cause I just don't care about everyone's opinion the way I used to. And it's just draining, right? I don't know. It's kind of like, I'm trying to, I was trying to find a good analogy, but it's like, here, this, this is the first thing that popped in my head. Welcome to my brain. You know, like I go to take the garbage out, right? And it's all rock, not gravel, which you can step on like little gravel barefoot. But like, if you do it once, how many times you're going to go keep walking over crappy rocks? Like you wouldn't do it. I would put shoes on or put something down, right? So don't keep going back to, to retelling of a story to validate being right when all it does is keep you in that space. And again, to those entrepreneurs, I I just, I think there's value in having some of those trusted people, those trusted resources. Like, Hey, as an example, pricing this course, my therapist said, is there somebody in your space that you could say, you know, take a look at this briefly. And do you think that it's priced based on value? Somebody else who's had success selling courses at a similar price point, right? That is different than posting in a group and Everybody give me feedback. This is what I'm thinking of doing. Again, doing that once in a while is great, but stop, stop doubting yourself so much with that, right? Okay. Number 20, self-responsibility makes life so much easier. Clearly this is a theme in my life now. (laughs) Anytime we operate from a place of being, of being completely responsible for the conditions of our lives, we empower ourselves. If it's someone else's fault, then there's very little we can do to change the situation, feeling, or outcome, right? If the conditions of your life are because of somebody else, the conditions for them to change are up to somebody else too. The moment you choose self-responsibility is the moment your life becomes yours. I'm going to tell you, it also alleviates a lot of drama. Hashtag just saying. (laughs) Number 21, enjoying the journey, it takes practice and is a conscious choice. So I often refer to myself as Pollyanna. Google that if you don't know who I'm referring to. For those of you who are under probably 40 or I don't know. God, what year was that? The actress Haley Mills, who was in that is probably in her 70s. But this is an old Disney movie. Anyway, so much for Googling it. I've just told you what it's about. The glass tends to be half full with me. And from the time I was a little girl, I've just kind of always thought of life as an adventure, right? And there's definitely an innate part of me that is this hardwired optimist. Like I know that, right? However, besides the fact that I came into the world that way, I also know that I choose to listen to or read things or watch things that inspire me, that fill my heart and motivate me. And don't get me wrong. This is not like a 24 seven, you guys, but I can guarantee you (laughs) that the majority of the things that I consume are because they do that for me, right? This is how I move through my life. My dominant intent is to feel good. When I'm in alignment with that, everything else flows. You know, I just, it's the running joke with my kids that I only watch the first three or four episodes or three or four Harry Potters over and over because they're much lighter. I love them all. We all know I'm a Harry fan, Um, but they get darker. And so if, if there's nothing on and I kind of feel like working on my laptop and maybe having something on the background, I put it on because the music makes me happy. Hearing the dialogue makes me happy. It makes me feel good because of what those stories all represent to me, right? Number 22, no is a complete sentence. 
Yep. Also learned this one from my therapist and was also something I had taped to the bottom of my monitor for a long time. This goes way back to when I was doing client services because anyone who has done service work, and I'm really talking specifically about websites or for those of you who are designers and you're designing things for people, it's that scope creep, right? Before you know it, you've got a proposal that says you're going to do X, Y, Z, and you're doing X, Y, Z, A, B, C, one, two, three, right? Like it, it just gets out of control. Um, I really feel like I should have left the headline to drive the point of this, but that would have made too much sense. And for what it's worth, I appreciate a little irony. So, you know, stop explaining yourself. And I'm going to hit this on another point. And this is really a note to myself here. We do not explain when we say yes. So stop explaining when you say no. Number 23, physical activity will clear your mind. And you guys, this is why like my desk, I told you I'm standing up. I got this desk, I don't know, probably a month ago. And like I had a Vera desk, which was one of those that sits on top of your desk. But it wasn't, um, I'm hoping I'm using this correctly. It was, it was hydraulic, right? Like I, I grabbed the little levers and I had to lift it versus this is electric and I push a button, which is not that I was that lazy, but two 27 inch monitors can be a little heavy. Anyways, I'm doing this because my energy is higher, right? So, but, but doing something physical, some sort of physical activity is totally one of my go-to things when I'm feeling frustrated or stuck on something. It does not have to be a workout or formal exercise, which obviously that can be much more beneficial, but sometimes just something simple and a change of pace is all we need, right? Like get up and move your body, vacuum the floor, go take your dogs outside, you know, go get the mail or run an errand you've been putting off. It's something that gets your blood flowing and just a little bit more oxygen into your body. Number 24, clarity comes through doing truth. This is a huge pet peeve of mine. I'm here's a little challenge for you guys, for all you entrepreneurs out there or not, but you probably know somebody like this, right? Think of somebody who, you know, who has been talking planning, strategizing, thinking about something and whether or not they've pulled the trigger, right? Like how long have they been doing that? Right? So many entrepreneurs spend a ridiculous amount of time on that, right? They they're thinking, they're planning, they're strategizing. And before you know it, they're tired of the thing they started, they pivot. And there's another reason for why they have to plan and strategize and think more. For the love of all that is good in the world, just friggin' do it, you guys. You're, you're not going to know if something's going to work until you put it out there. Publish it, sell it, make the offer, right? <laughs> um, another quote I heard once, which I love is you overrate your nuisance factor. Most people are too busy thinking of themselves. They're not worried about you. They're going to put it out and they're going to engage, purchase, take you up on the offer or not. And I am totally preaching to myself here. Like I said, most people are too busy thinking of themselves. So moving on. Number 25. We're halfway there, guys. Self-betrayal sucks. Take whatever time you need. I honestly think this is one of the most painful things that we can do to ourselves, and I hadn't even, gosh, I don't know that I was aware of the term self-betrayal, honestly, until working with my therapist. There's a spiritual teacher that I listen to, and they have this great way of putting things in perspective. You know, when someone else makes you feel bad for, for doing what's right for you, they're basically saying to you, well, you should do what I want you to do because that would make me happy. 
Like how ludicrous is that, right? When you think about it, like why on earth should someone else's desires matter more than your own? And you guys, I'm not referring to, you know, taking care of your kids or that kind of stuff. Like obviously, right? I'm just talking about these. Someone is simply displeased because you're taking care of yourself over what they want, right? And sometimes it means taking the time to get clear. Take your time. Take whatever time you need to ensure that you're in alignment with what serves you. Um, Patience, (laughs) I would say, is not my strong suit. I have gotten so much better, but really, it's okay to sit with stuff, guys. Number 26, get it out of your body, but move on. So this ties into number 14 in the power of therapy, right? But if you don't have a good therapist, make sure you have someone you trust with your heart that you can go to in order to get things out of your body. You know, there, there is power. I just, um, gosh, some of the stuff that I've talked to her about my therapist, like I look back and I'm like, did I have to talk about that? But I'm like, I don't know. I did. And it felt good to get out of my body. So, and I've really, I trust me, I'm not here like questioning things I've discussed, but there are things that I never would have thought I would have discussed but it feels good to get it out of your body. And, and that's, that's also the piece of that too, is when you get it out, there is um, finding, finding a way to put words to things, <laughs> which I, that was funny that I struggled to, to spit that out. Um, you know, but someone who can hold your heart, but also be honest with you as well. You know, I do not get away with things with my therapist and the friends that I trust to keep it real for me do the same. You know, I don't need yes people, but I also want people who can be direct with me in a kind and loving way. And they do that because they love me, right? But once you've gotten it out of your body, this circles back to what I was mentioning before of continuing to tell the stories. Stop. This this was a challenge for me, really, is to be like, you don't need to talk about this again. Let it go, right? And the more you do that, just like anything else, the better you get at it. Number 27. We all need hobbies and outside interests. Uh, Yeah, entrepreneurs know exactly what I'm talking about here. Or anybody, even if you're not an entrepreneur, but you absolutely love, you know, your career, your work, whatever. It's it's really easy to make it everything. When you love what you do, you know, you think about it like, I don't know, especially with technology and the internet, like my computers are always here. I work for myself at home. You know, I... I kind of have a routine where I've got my day from like, say, eight to three or four. And then I take a break and I move into the family room on my laptop. And it's like, word, mind you, we're living in weird times, right? I'm trying now that we're in a weird rise of COVID cases again. I'm like, eh, I just will stay in. And I'm quite content right now. Um, but anyways, it's it's really, it's important to have those hobbies and outside interests because you get different perspectives on things, right? Art and creativity has always been a big part of my life. And a few years ago, I decided to get into watercolors. It was one medium I hadn't um, pursued. And I think it was because I really didn't have the patience for it because watercolors requires layering, right? Like you have to plan ahead. Um, But I don't know, it was like when I got back into it and I got back into lettering and drawing and all of these things that were like childhood passions. And, you know, I took Uh, art in high school. And then I was an art major for a while in college and all of these things that I pursued, it was just, it ignited something in me that like turned on the spark in my business as well. So, you know, mixing things up is vital to living a 
a rich and textured life. Um, number 28, I love having white space in my life. I do like white space and design also <laughs> and websites, but um, I really do go into massive resistance when I feel like I have to do something or when I feel overscheduled, which is so polar opposite of how I was when I worked a job, you guys. Like I truly wore busy like a badge of honor. I was working 45, 50 hours a week, raising kids by myself. And I thought it was brilliant to be super productive from the time I picked them up until the time I went to bed. And it's like, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say this. It's probably relative to the age and time in my life as well. But um, yeah, I was like, gotta be productive all the time. Not anymore. Um, I use the term gentle structure for myself. I like having routines, but I do like chunks of time where I don't feel like I have to be doing anything. Um, and it's just, it's a huge part of why I work for myself, of why I do this. Freedom was a big driving piece for me, right? Um, I absolutely love the quality of my life. And creating white space in your day, in your week, in your life is truly healing. Number 29, writing well is an essential skill for an entrepreneur. So I talked about this recently when I did an episode of the podcast. Um, and I'll link to it in the show notes, but it was like what I would do if I were starting my business today. And like, I always felt like I was a decent writer, um, but I had certain opinions about writing, to be honest with you. Like I could write well enough to get an A on a paper in college, say, um, but writing for your business is a totally different skill. And, and writing for the web is a different skill, right? Versus just print. I don't mean just print work. I should say versus print work. Um, but it wasn't until I launched my podcast that I started falling in love with the process and wanted to learn to write well. <laughs> I will tell you this too. It probably wasn't until I installed and paid for Grammarly, which if you're not familiar with it, it's a nice little extension for uh, Chrome. Oh, I'm sure it's uh, Firefox too. I'm sure it's in all the browsers, but, and as you're writing, it cracks your grammar, which is awesome because I would probably, we'll just leave that alone. Grammarly is awesome, right? But so copywriting and content writing are different beasts, but both can add to your bottom line. So even if you don't do much writing in your business, you know, um, which there are plenty of arguments for why you should, but I will leave that for another podcast or something. Writing well will also help you produce better video and audio content, right? Is there's just a flow that happens. Um, and, and I'm not talking about like an off the cuff Instagram story or whatever, but really when you're producing content, learning to write well is such an essential skill. <clears throat> Number 30, judgment and guilt serve no one. Uh, also learned this from my therapist. <laughs> so see why I still talk to her. Um, and I often joke, you know, I often joke around about being a recovering Catholic uh, and I'm not dissing on the Catholics here, but, uh, but I often joke around about that when it comes to guilt and judgment, because most Catholic, most Catholics I know do guilt very well. But the problem with both of these emotions is they do not help you or the person that you feel guilty towards or that you're judging, right? Even if it's yourself, truly, like I would say I was probably the most judgmental of myself. Um, 
and totally still have that, but we're better, much better. Uh, and not to be a Debbie Downer, but you guys, life is hard. Like why make it more difficult by carrying a useless emotion such as guilt or wasting energy making judgments? Let's go back to what if people are really doing the best they can? You know what I'm saying? It's like, would you judge a toddler who keeps falling down? No, you would encourage them. Get back up. I don't know how relevant that was here, but it was the first analogy that popped in my head. Um, you know, and of course we all do it. We're human. And I often find myself pre-qualifying, you know, not to judge, not to judge, but note to self, stop doing that. But really the magic starts happening when you start catching yourself doing those things and you consciously choose another path. Number 30, investing in coaching and mentoring is always worth it, provided you do the work. Same can be said for therapy, coaching and therapy work when you do the work, provided your coach or therapist knows what they're doing, right? But for the sake of this point, this lesson, we'll assume they do. You know, if you want to just bitch and complain, but you don't have any desire to change your behavior, the best or co- the best coach or therapist is not going to help you. You know, <clears throat> you'll have setbacks and challenges, but when you're honest with yourself about doing the work, you will get results. I don't know if you're going to get results in the time frame you expect, but be open. That's another lesson I've learned from from my therapist. Just just be open. You know, it's funny. I remember my mom and I talking <coughs> about someone who was in therapy and it was like, mom's like, this doesn't seem to be working. And like assuming that the therapist wasn't um, top of the line, I was like, the thing mom with therapy is you have to be honest. You got to show up and you you got to be willing to do the work. And it was like, oh, good point. <laughs> she totally agreed with me. Um, all right. Uh, where are we at? Number 31, assumptions will get you nowhere. Use your voice. How many times has this gotten you into trouble? <laughs> I don't know about you, but expecting people to read your mind or know what you want or assuming that they understand what you meant is such a recipe for disaster. My daughter said something re- recently that was freaking brilliant. And I loved it. I just, it cracked me up when she was just up here last week. Um, we were discussing something and I don't remember, but I said something about, oh, I I, I forgot. I was repeating something where somebody said, oh, well, it was implied or they implied. And her response was, I don't speak imply, be an adult and use your words. And she said the same thing about assumption. I don't, literally, I don't speak imply and I don't speak assumption. Be an adult and use your words. That was brilliant, right? No one is responsible for what is going on in someone else's head. Just saying. And the same is true. So, you know, use your voice. And when someone isn't clear with you, ask the question. But you know what? If you're not going to tell me I've done something to bother you, that is on you. That was a super uh, off script little bit of a rant. Number 32. It's okay to be nervous. Launch it anyway. (coughs) Excuse me. Truth, this is totally a little pep talk for myself. I have a handful of things I'm working on that are coming out. I mentioned the other one where I uh, talked about pricing and accountability with my therapist. Am I nervous? Yep, totally. (laughs) I hope that P wasn't too poppy. Um, But then I remind myself of what I've accomplished and how far I've come, you know, and this basically keeps me moving forward. It doesn't take away the nervousness, which I'm like reframing. Let's decide it's excitement. Um, But they're super similar physical feelings in my body, right? Why not choose excitement? <laughs> so we're going to go all that. Um, 
But I do set up accountability for myself because it's way too easy to let myself off the hook. And I think, you know, with, as an example, the content creators planner, you know, the fact that um, I have a business partner who I respect and adore and is great at what she does. Like, I don't want to let her down. Right. So what up, Jody? Um, so yeah, it's, you know, setting up accountability and you could be fluid with stuff too, but I don't know about you. It works really well for me. So anywho, there's that. Um, I, I, the accountability piece really quick is, is simply because it's too easy to let myself off the hook and having to come and tell someone, no, I need another week. doesn't feel great. It's not the end of the world, but all right. Number 33. If it were easy, everyone would do it. Although I will tell you this, it is simple, right? Building a business, pursuing your dreams, going all in is hard work. It is. And you guys, and I don't mean like, I have to, here, I explain myself all the time, but this to me is a a helpful point, right? So I'm not necessarily one of those no pain, no gain. I, I truly believe in the power of of our minds, right? Mindset is key. Anybody that's, that's shifted into that next level in their business will probably tell you that what got them there was a shift in their mindset. You know, so there's that, but it does take doing the work. There's a lot to be done. There's a lot of moving pieces in building a business and pursuing your dreams, right? And it's hard, but this is why most people don't do it. (laughs) However, it's not as complicated as you think. So keeping things simple or as Jody says, what would easy look like, right? Ask yourself that. It will get you there so much quicker. You know, we tell ourselves all kinds of stories about needing things set up a certain way, or we're not ready, or I love the, well, I'm a perfectionist. That's an excuse at some point. <laughs> I'm going to call bullshit on it. It does not have to be ready, fire, aim, which tends to be my MO, <laughs> but it can be a minimum viable product, right? Go back to lesson 32 about it being okay to be nervous. And where I was talking about it being simple, you guys, there's so many potential strategies and tactics to marketing online today. But at the end of the day, you need an audience. You need to capture their name and email. You need something of value that solves a problem to be able to sell to them, right? And then you focus on building a relationship from the time of that email, right? So stop and think about it. Audience. (laughs) capture the oops i'm i'm standing up and i just knocked the mic um audience and traffic right so you need to get that there capture their name and email give them something of value have something to sell them like forget everything else like just okay that's in a whole other episode number 34 meditation works <laughs> you guys there are so many ways to get started meditating yet most people won't do it And this is a little side note. I remember my mom really wanting to get into meditation and God bless my parents. Um, 51 years they were married. Um, and we had a huge 50th for their anniversary, which was phenomenal. Um, such a great time, but anyways, right. Well-oiled machine. I've talked about them on the podcast before, but my mom would be like, it's just kind of hard to meditate with your dad. Like, he was chatty. He likes company. Right. And he would, and I'm like, just tell him don't come in for 15 minutes. Anyways, my suggestion to her was like, mom, music was a big part of her life. She was a music major. She played the piano flute. She rang handbells. I'm like, pick a piece of music 
and just sit and close your eyes and listen to it and pay attention to the notes or um, the silence between the notes, right? Like find what works for you. Uh, a lot of people will say they don't know how to meditate or they'll find an excuse for not doing it. And you guys hear my heart. Like I find excuses too. Um, but really how hard is it to sit quietly and breathe? My favorite or my default, um, I love listening to, I have so many different apps now that play like ambient sounds and ocean or water or rain or something. Like I like having a little bit of sound, right? Um, I'm kind of a noise nut. I have noise canceling headphones. And then I do a practice meditation. But if that isn't for you, there are plenty of guided meditations. It does not matter what type you do. Just do it. Meditation, when I am doing it consistently, keeps me so grounded and so much less reactive. I'm able to process things with a clearer mind. And, you know, just before you know it, you're going to find yourself moving through the world in a much easier manner. So learn to be comfortable with the discomfort while you're creating whatever practice works for you. Number 35. <laughs> okay. I, okay. I'm just going to read it. It's not what we do, but the motivation and consciousness behind what we do. Talk about timing, you guys. This is literally from an email response. I got back to my therapist yesterday. This was in reference to a question about something in my personal life, but it made me realize I was not even remotely clear on my motivation. Like I didn't, I wasn't concerned about the why. It was just should I or shouldn't I, right? The other thing she said was just be conscious because it's so much easier to take responsibility when we are. So apply this to your business too. And I, I think back to different times where, you know, <clears throat> needing money, right. In your business. And you, it's like, Oh, I've got to get the sales in, and you get in that panic mode. And so it's like, I'll just do this. I can tell you that not once when I did that, did it work. However, when I offer something, whether it's a service or a product, because it provides massive value and it solves a problem, I get results, you know? So if it's for any other reason, you know, try to get real with yourself before putting it out there. So I, I think <laughs> I love the fact that I've worked with her for so long and I just get these like, whoa, like mind blowing, simple statements that really make me think, and I, and I can carry them across other areas of my life. Number 36, staying curious keeps the magic alive. <laughs> as much as I wish this were Harry Potter magic, <laughs> uh, I'm referring to the wonder and magic that keeps life interesting and fun. I distinctly remember when I quote unquote got it, that if I changed my thoughts, I could change my life. You know, I, I started listening to like motivational speakers and inspirational and it all shifted to a much more spiritual um, eventually. And so like that message, I, I don't know, I, I heard that message early on. But, you know, it's that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I, I remember when I got that, and it was like, Oh, my gosh, I feel like I've been given the keys to the kingdom here, right? Like, learning to ask better questions of yourself, as an example. I love this one. Why is this happening for me? Instead of why is this happening to me? you know, and learning to reframe things is completely magical. Just being able to say, well, what if you looked at it this way? Um, it just, it makes me feel like a little kid on Christmas morning. It's like, just because we're adults does not mean that life should not be magical. You get to define what that looks like. You get to decide, you know, <laughs> here's a, here's a little one, you guys. 
it never gets old. I tuck my dogs in. I just, yeah, I know I need a man in my life, but I tuck my dogs in at night. It never gets old. It's the sweetest, cutest, like, I love it. Cutiest is my daughter's word. It, they're just freaking darling. I love it, right? Stay curious. Stay, I don't know, in it. Stay in a place of wonder. Okay, number 37. Your body can't lie. So learning to tap into how your body feels or responds to things is like having a personal GPS system in your body. Yep, here we go. Also something I've learned from my therapist. You guys sick of that yet? Um, I know she's not taking on new clients, but she's taught me to pay attention to what I feel and where I feel it in my body. So if I feel like, if I feel something in my head, it's usually anger or frustration. When it's in my stomach, it's usually excitement or nervousness. My heart tends to be love or sadness, right? We've done things from muscle testing, which I was like, what is this? Um, <laughs> to deep breathing. And, you know, I've learned that my body is truly this great indicator of what is going on inside. And side note, you guys, I totally, <laughs> I fought this. Like, I remember doing like a phone session with her and she told me to take a few deep breaths. It was like, oh, like I was just pissed. Like, I do not want to sit on the phone and breathe with you. And now I get excited. Okay, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know. Um, so patience, young Jedi. This stuff really works and it pays off. Um, number 38, change is good for you. Oh my gosh. One of my life sayings tends to be, my life is never dull. Uh, so much so that I've decided I should probably stop saying it because I keep attracting never dull into my life. And actually, right now my life is kind of dull, but I'm so content. Um, I have always loved a new challenge or opportunity, right? Even when I was working in retail, it was like, okay, open that store, get to that position, get promoted, open that store. Like, what's the next thing that I could do, right? So I I like challenges and opportunities. But it's funny because I never really thought of myself as someone who liked change, which is funny considering all the things, the different things that I have done or tried. Um, But most of those things have been relatively safe or they feel safe to me, right? Making the move to Boise, Idaho earlier this year was a huge change for me. Born and raised in the Bay Area, I spent my entire adult life in Northern California. All my family and friends were there. I've talked about this so many times on the podcast. I'm not going to go into detail here, but the timing lined up and I felt a pull to do this for myself. Um, I've only been here a few months and I know that this time in my life right now is really, really precious. It's something I felt I needed to do for myself. Whether or not I stay here is yet to be decided, but I am so very glad I did it. All right, number 39, you regret the things you don't do most. I used to say that I only regretted the things I didn't do, but that's not entirely true. Of course, I regret some of the things I've done. I just really try not to feed that regret or beat myself up over it. Beat myself up over it. That just came out like I just mumbled that. (laughs) You know, I always learn from those decisions. But more than what, I've done though, are the things I haven't done, right? That's, it's the things that I haven't done that I wish I had. That's where the regret shows up. So I was reading my own sentence here and I was like, I don't think that that grammarly missed that sentence. <laughs> um, but maybe it's, it was a trip I wish I had taken or spent more time with people. You guys, I was blessed to have both sets of grandparents 
my dad's parents passed away when I was 23, 24. My mom's parents were here. Um, oh my gosh. I was 40 when my grandmother passed away and like, Oh, 44. No. I, anyways, I, I was lucky. Right. Um, I, I saw them a lot, but I still wish I had spent more time with them. Um, you know, or maybe it wasn't just, maybe it's not spending time with people. Maybe it's taking a job, whatever it is, you know, it's, those tend to be the things I regret. At the same time, I trust that things happen as they're supposed to. So it's not like I waste a ton of time regretting those things. Um, but they exist, but I always come back to, um, there's a line from the book, The Death of Ivan Illich, which I have not read, but I remember Wayne Dyer sharing this story and he had read it and it changed his life. And then he wrote a note to himself and he kept it in his pocket. At the end of the book, Ivan Illich is dying. He's on his deathbed and he looks up at his wife and he says, what if my life has been wrong? I never want to have that thought or feeling, right? So do it. Just, just... I'm totally thinking of that Shia LaBeouf and Google this, the just do it gif because, or go to YouTube because he's literally in front of a green screen. Just do it. It's, it's, it's kind of a running joke between a friend and I, but uh, you get the point. Number 40, getting outside of your comfort zone is required for growth. Somehow this feels like it should be obvious, obvious, right? But I find myself in resistance to this more often than not. Of course, we're going to feel nervous. Like we've already addressed this, right? It's okay to be nervous uh, when we're stepping into something new, different, or beyond where we are. And again, number 33, if it were easy, everyone would do it. So learning to embrace the discomfort as an indicator that you're on the right path will totally shift your perspective. So now it's like, oh, I'm nervous because I'm stepping up my game, right? And that's okay. That's okay. Um, I've really started to look back though at previous times in my life where I've successfully done this. And then that gives me the strength to do it again. Like seriously, you guys, there was a time last summer where I was like, I don't know how I'm going to move on without my mom. And I've got kids that I adore and are everything. But now it's like, well, shit, you got through that. Clearly I'm still getting through it. Um, I moved to a state by myself. Like, look at what you've done. Look at the planner. Like, Remind yourself of what you've accomplished. Number 41, travel and experiences will fill your soul. If you haven't done much traveling or you have decided that you don't like to travel, this is Judgey Judgerson coming out. Uh, my guess is you haven't done much of it. And I only say that because that's been my experience. I get it though, guys. Like travel is not for everybody. I am not here to judge you. So you do you, boo, right? But... I have yet to take a trip or invest in an experience that did not fill my soul or I don't know why this thought came to me, like edit my life is what came to me. And I, I was thinking change, but it's like, not everything has to be as grand as going to another country, right? You could simply, I don't know, go to a concert with a friend or here's something. My friend, um, Allison and I last fall, we did this before I moved out of California um, and it's funny because it was like a four hour ride, but we went up to the coast. Um, I want to say it was a fort near Fort Bragg. And there were these, um, like, 
I don't know how to explain this. It was on a train track and you sat on it and you pedaled, right? But we went and we did this ride through the forest and it was such a fun experience to have together. And it was to be together. Um, but you know, the crazy trek to get there and back, but it was just, those are the type of things, right? It wasn't some huge, I don't know. You know what I, you know what I mean here though, right? Um, and like right now I'm really feeling the pull to live outside of the United States when other countries decide they're going to let us back in. Um, but there's something appealing to me about immersing myself in another culture. Guys, I have no idea what this looks like, but the idea of it makes me giddy, right? Like I really think maybe that part of this move to Boise was to get me out of California and here in my heart, California will always hold a special place in my heart. It's really more about moving towards something fun, right? But who you become through these types of experiences is priceless. Number 42, you can never say I love you too much. Okay, so I lied. There might be tears here too. I'm not someone who can really hide my emotions. <laughs> Ask my kids or my therapist, right? Even though I used to think that it wasn't that obvious. Like I knew it was obvious when I was mad. But all the other emotions, I thought, nah, people can't read me. <laughs> oh, I crack myself up. I would also say that I'm a pretty touchy-feely person. And people who give good hugs are my kind of people. Um, I grew up with parents who said I love you frequently and were loving and affectionate. And I do the same with my kids. You know, all the time. Text, phone call, love you, love you too. Like all the time. <laughs> I say it with friends and family whenever I can. And even though I lost my mom before I was ready... Because I can honestly say there was nothing left unsaid. Maybe I should not have recorded this the day before the anniversary. Um, she, I know. I know. She knows how much I loved her and appreciated her. You know, and it's funny because she was um, kind of the epitome of the, the Catholic guilt. She would, we'd be on the phone and she'd call me back and be like, you know, when I said this, did you think this? And I would be like, what? I like, it wouldn't have even dawned on me. Right. And I, I would say to her mom, I promise you that I know that what you're saying comes from love. Like I'm not, I'm not going to get upset by it. Um, anyways, tell the people in your life, you love them all the time. It's, it's not too much. Um, so for those of you, I do tell, I love you. You're going to keep hearing it. Number 43, we all need some playtime in our lives because I have a pretty silly side to me and I really need people who get that. I mean, <laughs> my friend Allison and I, sometimes when we're with our group of friends, they're like, oh, you guys are so annoying. <laughs> like we quote the stupidest movies and just have the dumbest banter sometimes, but oh my God, do I love it. It's just us and it's fun. Um <clears throat> But define what playtime means for you and make sure you actively pursue it. Like, I mean, you guys, I, I love to play with my dogs. They're just, they make me super happy. Um, but I also appreciate good wit and sarcasm, you know, provided it's not mean. And even when it's at my expense, because I'm probably my own best audience, truthfully, so I can handle it. Like, it's funny to me when people mimic me or like catch me doing something. Here's one of my favorites with my son. I will never forget. <laughs> we were, I mumble and I talk quickly. You guys listen to the podcast. You know that. 
And I don't, <laughs> we were driving somewhere one time and I said something so quickly. And he's all, what? Was that a Chinese proverb? Like, what, what did you just say? <laughs> oh my God, I lost it. So, you know, find every reason you can to keep, to bring, to add joy and laughter into your life. Number 44, we're getting there. And thanks for sticking with me, guys, because this is a longie. Um, remove things that no longer serve you. You guys, I have always loved getting rid of extra stuff. Uh, like my family used to jokingly call me the dump queen because I was like, what are you doing this weekend? Going to the dumps. Going to the dumps. <laughs> you know, with kids, you just seem to acquire, oh my gosh, the crap. Remember Happy Meal toys? People don't buy Happy Meals that much anymore, probably. But uh, anyway, um, it doesn't just apply to the physical crap, though. <laughs> we acquire. So you know, you know how I feel about extra stuff now, right? <laughs> By the fact that I call it physical crap. Um, your life is going to feel so much lighter when you have less stuff to take care of. This has totally been my experience anyways. Um, but I'm also referring to things such as old beliefs, the way things have always been done, old behaviors, and even people. You know, this has been a real, um, this has been so significant in my life. Now that my mom, my mom was like the glue for everybody in my family. And, you know, things look differently now. Obviously, I moved out of the state. My kids are both out of out of the Bay Area. And COVID, people haven't been getting together. It's like everything looks really different. And, and I keep referring to it sort of as this changing of the guard, right? That there's going to be this transition to when, you know, our kids start having kids. And, and ideally, there's a new partner in my life. But like new people come into your life. And so it's a real... Um, it's an interesting time and it's okay to let go of things that don't serve you, even though it's always been done that way. You know, one of the other examples I was thinking of is, um, you know, I stopped watching the news probably 10 years ago. And even then it was only, um, you know, like I'd, I'd go to the gym and I'd put on like good morning America or something while I was on the treadmill, but really, Oy, the sound of it literally feels like an assault on my ears and my soul. Um, I don't care what channel or side. I just, I can't do the news anymore. Um, and so, you know, I've had a harder time, like I said, adjusting to things that were traditions or expectations, but it's a work in progress and I'm learning. Um, because I really believe that when you let go of the things that don't serve you, you make room for things that will serve you. Number 45. Oh boy, this is so, especially right now, uh, we need to get out in nature more. And as love, as much as I love my technology, sometimes I miss when life was simpler. I also know since I'm creating my life, it's up to me to make it as simple or complex as I want. You know, in a conversation with my therapist the other day, we were talking about simple and grand. And I was like, I want it both. I, I do. I like simple and I want some grand experiences as well. You know, but getting out in nature always makes me feel better. And one of my goals is to live on the water, which is kind of what triggered this thought of, I just moved to Boise and I'm not going to stay. It's really pretty. Cost of living is great. People seem very nice. Um, but I'm in like another suburban track home. And yeah, I guess I could find a house on a river lake here. But I'm like, all I need is internet, right? Like, could I live on a beach somewhere? Anyways. <laughs> 
you know, a little more off script than we needed to go. But, but being in or around the water makes me so happy. You know, I think I probably used my pool more often than my kids did at the house I sold a few years ago. I would go out and float and read simply to disconnect and recharge, you know, so find the thing that works for you and do it as often as you can. Again, these do not have to be grand gestures. You guys, I go out when I take the dogs out back. I play ball with them a couple times a day because I need to get the energy out. And I, I just will put my feet in the bare grass, my bare feet in the grass, not my feet in the bare grass. Oh my God. It's so, it's really good that we're almost done. But if you've not heard of grounding, it's a, it's a technique about just reconnecting your body to nature. Anyways, we have gone all over the spectrum here with this one. Number 46, you do not need to defend your beliefs and you shouldn't. I know I mentioned this earlier, but the second I start defending my beliefs to somebody else, I feel like I'm betraying myself. You know, we don't have to agree and you are as entitled to your beliefs as I am to mine, but we do not owe anyone explanation for our beliefs. I remember I was dating this guy and he's a little bit self-righteous about things. And I, I just, I've always been floored by this notion that one person is entitled to, to their beliefs and somebody else isn't because they're differing beliefs. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't have to be logical to, to either party, but you don't owe anyone an explanation for that. And in fact, we probably don't owe explanation for a lot of things, right? Oh, this is something I'm working on all the time <laughs> recently. It's like, why did I pre-qualify that? Or why am I justifying this or whatever? So I hope you guys get that a lot of this is to myself as well. Own your truth and let that be enough. Number 47, respond when it works for you. My guess is this is something that many young people don't struggle with, with uh, the way that maybe my generation or older does. Um, just because it's very easy to, you know, you can get a text, you can see it come through, but you don't have to read it yet you get to decide, right? So whereas when I grew up, you had to answer the phone to find out who was on the other line, right? Pre-caller ID. But, um, you know, you do not have to respond to the email, answer the text or the phone call when it comes through. You know, and why is it? <laughs> I'm going to give you guys something fun to watch. Uh, why is it that a phone call? Like when somebody just calls you, it's like, what are you doing calling me? <laughs> there is such a great skit on uh, go to YouTube. And um, I'm probably going to botch his name. The comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. I hope I, I you'll Google it, but he does this whole bit on the doorbell. <laughs> okay. And this is going to be people my age and older probably that really get this, but he talks about when he was a kid and growing up, you know, the doorbell would ring and, and, and he's like New York Italian and he's got that dialect and he tells a story about, you know, his mother always had the coffee cake and don't, don't touch the coffee cake. There was always like a Sara Lee coffee cake in, and in the fridge or whatever for company. And he goes, you know, the doorbell would ring and you'd open the door and it'd be like, hi, come on in, come have a cup of coffee. You know, and he, he referred to Sanka and all this stuff. And you'd sit around and you'd have coffee cake and coffee and you'd talk to your neighbors. And then he does this bit where then the doorbell rings today and everybody hides. Who is it? I don't know. I'm not going to get the door. You get the door. Like <laughs> it's, it is freaking priceless and people are trying to hide from the door. 
sad testament to a certain degree, but you'll enjoy the bit. Okay. Number 48 is, oh, you know, what's funny. I didn't, I got so ranty with my comedy bit. Let me finish this. Um, there are so many ways for people to get in touch with us. It can be exhausting. So, you know, and I really, I feel for kids today, but that's another episode. As entrepreneurs, we have to learn to keep our focus close social media, turn your phone off and stop looking at email. It's all going to be there when you're done, right? And you'll feel better getting the work done. Trust me, this post took me a while to write. Number 48, we all have a story to tell and it's worth sharing. Assuming, of course, that you want to share it, right? In this case, I'm speaking directly to my fellow entrepreneurs. You may think that people know your story or your stories because you've told them before, but I can guarantee you that a lot of people don't know or they don't mind hearing them again, or it when it's relevant to something you're sharing, it's a connector, you guys. I Another uh, Brene Brown saying that I love is that we are hardwired for connection. I truly believe that. Um, there is so much value and connection that happens when you share your story. Ideally, share your stories when you're on the other side of them, because it brings in a little bit more objectivity, I would say. Uh, and a little perspective goes a long way whether it's good or bad. And that's not that, you know, or I should say whether it's something you're celebrating or something you're getting over, maybe, you know, um, I know for myself that when I am in the thick of it, I am not in a place to publicly share. <laughs> I just, I really try not to. Um, but it's also invaluable to ask people in your life to share their stories. I'm so grateful. I've talked to, um, I had asked my parents questions. My dad is still here. Um, you know, but like, I remember when I was starting to actually do therapy and started really looking at like beliefs and behavior around money. I was curious. And I asked my mom, like, what was that like for you growing up? Like, you know, where do you think some of your money beliefs and stuff came from? It was such a powerful conversation. Or, um, you know, when I was up, and I stayed with my dad for eight months after my mom passed away. And I remember asking him, my dad is a retired police officer. I'm like, what else were you going to do? Or was there something else you wanted to do? And it was just such a fun conversation to get that insight. And so, you know, take the time to have those conversations with people in your life. Um, even like your best friend that you talk to all the time. Like I literally like questions are popping into my head. Um, that's one of the, I love the stories that my therapist shares with me. So hint, if you're listening to that, um, but it's, it, there's just something about those stories that, that connect us. Right. And I think when we hear someone else's story, it increases our capacity for empathy and compassion. And of course, hashtag everything is content. Uh, you guys were almost done two more and they're quick. Number 49 kindness wins all the time. Um, this is something that's been much more of a conscious effort the last, say, 10 plus years of my life. Um, and my mom in the hospital, oh, she looked up at me and she just, I don't know what it was. And this was before we were really fearful. But she looked up at me and she held my face in her hands and she just said, you're so kind. You're just so kind. And I... I'm going to continue living my life that way to honor her. Um, 
but I have a new brand I'm actually starting around this. Uh, more on this later. And it was an idea I came up with probably nine years ago and it kind of started, but the pieces are starting to fall into place. But man, does my life feel better when I'm kind. Compassion and empathy for other people make my life feel sweeter. And that sweetness, oh my gosh, guys, if I could, if I could give that feeling to everybody, um, it's, it's priceless. If I could bottle it, I'd be a bazillionaire. Um, but it's really something I think we have to find for ourselves. So when in doubt, simply be kind. And that includes to yourself, really, guys. The kinder and gentler you are with yourself, the easier it is to be kind and gentle to other people. And number 50, we made it, is, oh, deep breath. Um, it's a good life, you guys. As much as I've had my fair share of challenges, and I know that I am not exempt from challenges in this new chapter, right? Hopefully that's a new half a century ahead of me as there is behind me. Um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I have been blessed with amazing people, great experiences, and so much love in my life. I have no doubt that this next chapter of my life is going to be extraordinary because I'm going to make it so. <laughs> and there's that. So that is it, guys. Ooh, where are we at? Okay, almost an hour and a half. I, I'd say I'd split this in two, but I'm not. I'm going to let it run. <laughs> um, 50 Lessons in 50 Years, A Birthday Reflection. This is episode 51. When 52 comes out, it'll be with the launch of the new site makeover, a new intro, and a little bit new direction. As always, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Leave a comment. Share it. Let me know your thoughts. Resonated? Didn't? I can take it. <laughs> Um, I love you tons. Thanks for listening. And I will catch you next time.